let's let's start in prayer. God, thank you for this day, Lord. Just remove me from from this and just let your words come through, Lord. Amen. So we're in the series of sons and daughters. We're talking about God the Father in this series. It's important to understand who God is and what he's like. What is his character? What are some of the misconceptions of God that might need to be corrected? There are a lot of questions, many of them about God, and it's, it's here. Here we, we, we know God, but here, here's where we, our mind is what we got to change. Because in our heart, we know that we love God. You know, this room, we're all saved, right? It's understandable that a lot of people have the thought that God is perpetually angry with them. He's short-fused. God's up in heaven. He's stomping around. So, you know, look out. <laughs> He's looking for any reason he can to find and be harsh with us. You know, and I was preparing for this through the week, and I was like, I don't think that. I don't think that. And deep down, if you, if you get really real, at one point or another, we've all thought, God's angry at me. So it, it just brings me to um, Ephesians 2.19. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now working and those who are disobedient. And I read that and I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I wrestled all week with this scripture. And people say, oh, I've, I've wrestled with the scripture. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I do now. I do now. This scripture, it, it's, people say it's pearls. No, this is a diamond. We're probably only going to touch one facet of this diamond today. But, man, it is, it is deep. It's like people say, eat the chicken and spit out the bone. This is T-bone steak. And it took me, like, just all week just to see it. I didn't get it. I just, you know. God, I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> and he showed it to me. And so I was like, okay, I don't get the scripture. What do, you, what do you do? You try to understand it. You, Who are the Ephesians? It was a city called Ephesus. And it was pretty bad. You know, they're, they're killing babies and sacrificing them to the God of fertility. That don't make sense. 
you know, and we can, we can start to judge them and think, oh, they were killing babies and, you know, they were sacrificing them and throwing it all on the God of abortion. Yeah. So <clears throat> it really got like, like upset about that. You know, it's like, oh, we're still doing that. And it, it opened up this scripture for me. that when Paul was writing this, he was pretty hot. <laughs> he was, have you ever been so mad that when you're writing something, left hand, so I gotta switch hands here. You're pressing so hard and it's like, man, this pen's probably gonna blow up in my hand. Like just so angry. And I think that was Paul in this scripture. He was just writing, just. So I think he's saying, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now working in those who are disobedient. Because what he's doing here is he's reminding them that was you yesterday. So let's, let's not judge. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following the desires of our thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now, he includes himself in this. Paul, master teacher, includes himself. We were by nature deserving of wrath. We. So, God's wrath is real. It is present. He spells it out. I mean, Paul, master teacher, Paul. But because of grace, his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace we have been saved. By grace. God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God. But he's drawn us close. We're seated with him. It's just, you're going to have to, you're going to have to soak on this scripture. It, it's, I'm just introducing it to you. But man, through the week, just really like, Draw it home. Bring it personal. But by grace, we were saved. It's just, wow. For it is the grace you have been saved through faith. 
This is not from ourselves. Thank you, God. It's not from me. (laughs) It's a gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. I mean, if anyone could boast, it would have been Paul. (laughs) But why do we struggle with these thoughts? Is God angry with me? Is it because of a relationship with an earthly father, maybe? Because, you know, we can relate, we can push things that happen in this world onto God. Or is it a relationship that maybe made us feel like we're constantly undeserving of affection or left, let alone love, you know? We've all probably been in like a relationship like that. Maybe we're in a cycle of doing things that anger God. We know it angers him, but we do it anyways. But now you think, oh, he's, he's angry at me. I keep doing this. Well, what, is, what does the Lord say? He says, repent. Whatever it is, it's important that we have the right understanding of God. Jesus refers to him, our Father in heaven. That's powerful. I mean, we've heard it so many times, so it's just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the Lord's Prayer. That's the... Our Father in heaven. So maybe we need to say, God our Father. Wait, God my Father. Because as we all know, words carry weight. Words carry power. So if we draw that closer and we make it more, that's my father. It draws us closer to him. Because it's important that we have the right understanding of God the Father. Because if we see our father as an angry God, it affects our relationship with him. It'll affect our prayer life. Oh, God, don't hit me. God, don't attack me. It'll affect our motivation of him. How we relate to him. We'll do everything out of the desire to appease him instead of cultivate our friendship. We'll constantly feel like we have to earn rather than receive. It'll even reflect, sorry, it'll even affect our relationship in our lives with others. Because If we go around thinking that an angry God is a godly disposition, we're going to think that I don't know what that is. 
So what is the truth of God? God and his anger. I'll leave you, I'll leave you with that question. So what is the truth about God's anger? Here are three truths that change my perspe- perception on how, I, how God sees me. One, God is slow to anger. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. And then verse 9 and 10, he continues. He will not constantly accuse me, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish me for all of my sins. He does not deal harshly with me as I deserve. I know there's been several times in my life where I've deserved wrath. And I did not get that wrath. I am thankful for that. There are things that anger God. There is a big difference between natural feelings of anger at appropriate moments and someone who is defined and characterized by their anger, their short fuse. God is not characterized by anger. God is characterized by his love, his mercy, and his power. God does experience anger, but God is not anger. God is Love. Do you see the difference? He is not anger. He is love. 1 John 4.16 We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. The second truth, God's, di- God's anger is different than the world's anger. What does this mean? We experience anger from the people around us, from our culture. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even our loved ones. And we assume that that's how God gets angry, from the anger that we receive from others. When people get angry, it changes the way they treat you. When God gets angry, he meets us with mercy. Sometimes people can be pretty unpredictable with what will make them angry. There are days when I'm exceptionally clumsy. I'm going around, I'm knocking everything over, and I think it's just one of those days. And I go about my day. Then there are those days where I'm trying to make a nice dinner for us at home. And I knock a spoon off the counter. And it makes a mess on the floor. Dinner's ruined! I've made a mess! That's it! It's done! I'm angry. Not at anybody. But Cynthia stays out of the kitchen because now I'm angry. She doesn't want that. You know, it, it wouldn't take much for me to fix that. 
grab a paper towel, clean up the mess, grab a new spoon, keep cooking. No big deal. But no, dinner's ruined. Throw it all away. We're calling Little Caesars. We're having trash for dinner. <laughs> Little Caesars isn't trash. I like Little Caesars, but you get where I'm going. Have you ever been in a relationship where you didn't know what would set a person off? You're walking on eggshells all the time. You know, and that makes you feel uncertain, insecure, fearful. How will they respond if I do this? Will this set them off this time? Is this when I'll get that wrath? Compare that to a healthy relationship where there's boundaries, but you know what those boundaries are. When Cynthia and I were still dating, we had a day where we actually talked about some of our boundaries. You know, if you ever do this, I will be very mad at you. Okay? We both had those talks. Boundaries are like a path with guardrails on it. You know what's safe, where to go. Okay? If I go too far this way, I hit that guardrail. I don't fall off the cliff <laughs> into somebody's wrath and anger. It keeps us safe and going forward. When people get angry, it might change their love for you. I still love my ex-wife. I never want to see her again. That's just the way it is. I still have love, but I know if I see her, it's going to bring back anger. But God's love is unconditional. We don't do something. He goes, you know what? I don't want to see Josh again because he's just going to mess up again. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing, nothing in all of creation will ever separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's anger is different from the world's anger. God is counter to the culture of the world. Does, get, does God get angry? Sure he does. But his love for us is so, so much greater. When I was 15, living in Nevada, my dad taught me how to drive. He took me out in our 1990s 
Ford Explorer, manual transmission, and he, he showed me what I would need to know. Showed me how to feather the clutch so I wouldn't just peel out every time and ruin the tires. You know, he told me to be gentle on the gas. Told me how to shift so I wouldn't strip the gears. He was very patient with me when I made mistakes. He didn't yell at me. He didn't berate me. He didn't punish me. He instructed me. He corrected me. He showed me grace by not throwing me out of the car and driving home himself. He was probably frustrated from whiplash from me slamming on the brakes. Oh, that curve's coming just now. No, he met me with love and patience and understanding. The third truth. When our focus is on our mistake, God's focus is on redemption. Sometimes we can hold on to our mistakes longer than God does. When Jesus died on the cross for us, God poured out his justice on Jesus. All the shame, all the condemnation that we feel, our Father feels so much I'm sorry. Our Father loves us so much that He made a way for us to be right with Him. Romans 8, 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the living Spirit has set you free from the power of sin and death. Not only is God slow to anger, but He is quick to forgive. Have you ever done a wrong in a relationship and you've asked a person for forgiveness and they say, I forgive you. It doesn't feel genuine and you still feel captive to whatever wrong that was. You know, they, they don't see me the same. I, you know, where's the love? And you ask, is there any way we can move past this? Is there any way that we can just be good again? Our Heavenly Father says, yes. We can move past this. Yes, we can be good again. Before Christ was crucified, he told Peter, you'll deny me three times. And Peter did. You look like you're that guy that travels with Jesus. Nope, not me. It's not me. Some other guy. Three times he did that. After... Christ was resurrected, he met Peter and the disciples on the beach. And instead of going, Peter, you remember those three times that you said you didn't know me? Bye. I'm done. I don't know you. He didn't do that. Instead, he asked Peter three times, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. I love you. And 
that was it. Jesus didn't hold it over Peter's head. Didn't say, hey, remember that time you denied me? You know what would help make up for that? I want you to walk all the way across town, pick up the fish and chips that I love, and sprint back, because I want it while it's still hot. I know it's a 10-mile walk. You better hurry. That's not what Jesus did. He forgave him. He didn't hold it against him. He showed him love and mercy. Does that mean you'll be free from consequences? No. No, if you rob a bank, you'll go to jail. If you cheat on a spouse, it may end up in divorce. But some but consequences can also be a sign of love. As a child, if I got caught telling a lie, the consequence was a spanking. My dad didn't enjoy spanking me. But he would show me that behavior is wrong. You need to not do it. You need to do better. He showed me that there were consequences for my actions. And I learned I should not lie. That anger and consequence helped make me a better person because of how it was handled. There are consequences for our actions. But God taking away his love for us is not one of those consequences. He will forgive you when you ask him. And because Jesus made a way for us, there is no earning forgiveness. There is no earning love. We can't earn it. It's by grace. All we have to do is receive God's love. That can be really hard for us because we're so used to, to trying to earn people's love, earn people's approval, earn people's forgiveness. Have you received God's love yet? Maybe you're thinking, oh, that sounds great. Maybe God's love is for everyone else. He's seen what I've done. There's, there's no way that his love is for me. I've done too much wrong. I'll tell you about when I, when I truly received God's love. When I was six years old, we had moved to Texas. We were atten attending a church in Tyler, Texas. And I chose to accept Jesus into my life. My dad baptized me. The, the water that I was baptized in was so cold. It's, it's probably the coldest water I've ever been in. And I've been in Lake Tahoe in the middle of winter. It was colder than that. But I, I, I don't believe that I, I truly accepted it then. I, I knew of God's love. I knew he loved me. But I didn't accept it. It wasn't until... October 3rd, 2018, I was at my parents' house in their backyard. My, my wife told me that she wanted a divorce. My whole identity was wrapped up in my marriage. I am 
Erica's husband. That's who I am. She ripped that away from me. Who am I? I thought I had her love. She ripped that away from me. I thought we were going to do life together. She tore that away from me. Everything that I, I, that I knew, that I believed in my heart, has been taken away from me. And I'm, and I'm in the backyard, and I'm walking, and I look up to the sky. God, why did you let this happen to me? Why did you leave me? Why did you let my marriage fail? What did I do wrong, Lord? I shouted and I shook my fist at the sky until I had no strength left in my body and I collapsed. I ended up on the ground, my head between my knees. And my dad comes outside and he sits on the ground next to me and puts his arm around me. I can't look at him. I've got my head down. I've failed as a husband. I've just yelled and I've yelled at God and blamed him for my marriage failing. I'm homeless. My my ex-wife had the apartment and I was having to live at my parents' house. I I have failed on every level. Dad do you think I can be the prodigal son? Do you think God can still love me? I can't tell you the exact words that my father said, but the short answer was yes. Yes, he can. He can love you. He does love you. So we prayed together. And I accepted, I accepted the love and forgiveness of the Father. I had chills that covered my whole body. I still get them. Every time I feel like I'm doing something, God will just give me that little tingle. After that, I felt this warmth start, start in my chest and just grow. Fill my whole body. Like it was radiating through me. I felt the love of God being poured into me. And I had no strength, so I couldn't fight it. I couldn't say, no, 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 God. I, I, can't, I can't take this. I can't. I, I had no strength. All I could do was receive. Right then, I told my dad, Dad, I want to be baptized again. I want, I want the family. I want us to go down to the river. And I want to get baptized. And we did. It was months later, but we got the family together during the summer. Cynthia and Jess were there. 
My aunt and uncle came. My grandmother was there. And I was baptized. Publicly showing that I had received that love and forgiveness. If you're ready to receive that love and forgiveness, I invite you to come up. You can pray with Eric or myself. Or maybe you you have accepted it. But you want to rededicate your life to Christ. You know, yeah, Lord, I, I, I know you love me. I've accepted it. But I want more of you invite you to come up and pray with us. We're going to officially close the service, but like Josh said, if you need some prayer, God, thank you for this day, Lord. Just bless the people in their comings and goings, Lord. Keep them safe. Be a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Just reveal yourself closer to them through this week, Lord, than you ever had. We bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen.